Raw Snap. What's mm-hmm. going on, everybody? It is wow. Oh, up, oh, up. Oh. Episode ninety-seven. Episode ninety-seven. So close. So close to that. Uh, episode one hundred. We're so close, guys. I um, can't believe we got this far already. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. I don't know. We gotta. I think maybe we should plan our uh, return to Twitch on episode one hundred. I don't know. That could be sort of. We could sort of plan something like that. But um, if this is uh, your first time listening to, should I play that? This is your gaming podcast where we just we talk about the gaming culture uh, and everything that surrounds it. And I have even introduced uh, the two other other two co-hosts. We have James and Rod. What's Guys, going on, everybody? What's going on? Hello. Hey. Yo. How's it going, man? <laughs> How's life? How you been? I'm I'm tired. I'm tired already. Um oh, man. I'm I'm back at work mm-hmm. um and sort of doing things at both jobs now. But also like bringing back, you know, should I play that over the past couple of weeks and then trying to ramp up. That's unfortunate. One day you'll have to explain to us where you get this energy from. I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't seem humanly possible. Yeah, I don't know. I have one job, and I'm already wiped most of the time, so I don't know how you are managing that. And two podcasts on top of that. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I sort of imagine myself as like a shonen protagonist. Okay. So I think that's, that's, that's what helps me out. Good old plot okay. armor. I love it. Right. Our very own uh, Ichiban Kasuga. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> Yo, speaking of oh, Okay, I've been good, but thank you, Roddy, for bringing that up. Have either of you guys seen um, I Care A Lot? Did y'all watch that recently? Mm-hmm. Chris did. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. So, <laughs> that movie is literally the plot of, like, one of the um, main missions in Like a Dragon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I'm very interested. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to spoil it for you, then, since you haven't seen it yet, but, like, okay. wow. Hmm. That was hmm. something else. It's, it's a it's a trip of a movie. Yeah, it is. It, it's worth watching. Uh, it's on Netflix, guys. Uh, if you, I, I I'd say it's worth a watch. You, it's it was a it was a solid movie. I, mean, I haven't watched. I haven't well. watched. Yeah, I haven't watched a solid movie in a minute. So, really good acting. Plot was kind of all over the place, but I like I enjoyed the acting. But anyway, uh, besides that, man, I've been good, you know, um, playing some games, of course. Work, I'm off the next couple of days, so thank God for that. And, uh, That's nice. Yeah, recuperating. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's about it for me. What's up with you, go, Roddy? What's going on? Uh, mostly the same thing, man. I, I have been playing some video games. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but uh, it's mostly been heads down at work. I've been extremely busy. Um, by my work metrics, everything is going very, very well. Settling into the position, it's it's very good. Um, so I I really can't complain too much. Uh, you know, just trying to find that. You always trying to seek that balance of of work and play. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know I feel like that's very important. You know, I, I do enjoy working hard, but I, I like to try to give myself some time to to, to myself of where I'm not like going 110 percent all the time. Uh, this this shows a good opportunity to do that as well. It's a really good outlet. That's what I love it. That's, that's it's so it's somewhat therapeutic at times yeah. too. 
Yeah, honestly, yeah. There, there's been a lot of things that's happened just in the course of the last week or so that I've. I always think like, wow, I, I can't wait till you know we record to to talk about this with you guys. So mm-hmm. yes, it's always a highlight for sure. Yeah, and you know th- this episode we have like a we have a couple a couple of news stories that's. Uh, I really can't wait to see some of you guys' reactions, and of course, you know, listeners, uh, wherever you're watching this, listening to this. Um, in the comments, let us know what you guys think about the news stories. We have some Xbox news, some some PlayStation news, um, some like gaming movies type of news. Um, actually, like a, a good or bit television? of it. television series. Well, it's, it's, I don't know. It's it's interesting. What's happening, man? It's weird. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> like I don't know. Um, like like the like the random news this week of like. Uh, there's a Halo franchise, a Halo uh, TV show that's moving to Paramount TV. Have you guys? Did you guys see that? Oh, does that thing still exist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That thing has been in development. What feels like a decade at this point. It, it was, uh, they watched it around the same time as the uh, Xbox One, wasn't it? I think it was, like, so. At the same time, anyway. Mm-hmm. Y- yeah, I think you're right because it was like at one of their conferences or something where they talked yep. about it. Um, yeah, they, I mean, this is the furthest that they've gone with it at this point because we saw, like, we heard that they were actually filming and we saw some production stills and whatnot. So they were actually on a set filming. Kind of cool, but also I have no idea if we're actually going to see, like, when we're going to see this. Um, now that it's moved to Paramount Plus, whatever that is, it's supposed to be maybe a continuation of CBS All Access, um, which. That's what it I, seems like. Yeah, I, I think that's what about it is. That. It probably is. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I don't know what's going on though. I don't know why it moved. So I did see that headline, Chris, but I don't know the reason why that happened. So I guess we'll. I think really they're just trying to they're trying to beef up their service. You know, it looks. It seems at this point, it seems that all these you know services that we pay for have yeah. some sort some sort of like main series on like that's the reason why you subscribe to that service. Mm-hmm. So whether that be um, say what's what's on like HBO right now. People, well, I guess HBO is like, I guess, getting the all movies. the movies, right? Getting that like day and date of the theaters, like, that's huge. Um, so I think everyone needs like this, like, some, something to bring people in, mm-hmm. yeah. Streaming services getting ever larger, so for, for better or for worse, that means you need like 10 to see everything, which <sighs> at that point, you're paying cable, probably plus some at some point. I think, I think, def- at this point, we're getting there, plus, yeah, we're getting there. Because yeah. everything's a service now. Yep. But I mean, if you just play it smart and nobody's going to want to do this, but you like buy that month, watch what you want to watch that month, cancel, move on to the next thing, then you won't spend so much. Yeah. So here's, so I hear people always say that, mm-hmm. but I want to talk to someone who actually does that. Like, is there, <laughs> like, do they flag your account at some point? Are they like, Hey, you canceled way too many times. Like, we're putting you on like restriction. Mm-hmm. I'm, there, I'm, I'm sure there's there, got to be a company out there, there that does that. There, there was there, I, and this is gonna be really shitty because I don't really have a source for this. I can't even tell you the name of it, but I do remember reading like maybe even a few weeks ago that there was a a foreign service, a foreign streaming service um, that did actually flag an account or made it so that you couldn't like sign up again after like three or four months or something like that. Um, AMC A-List actually did that. So like if you signed up for A-List, they locked you into a contract for I think three months. So you played three months up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, if you tried to cancel, you could not sign up again for A-List for six months. So it prevented someone from doing exactly what, what James just said. 
Um, Bunch of Hades, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, the, the idea is, and I don't think actually that it will, will ever get to that point be, because apparently that, that service that did it was like a complete disaster and they nearly like uh, bankrupted themselves, uh, screwed themselves over. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if they will ever, if they'll really implement that stateside. I, I mean, maybe some bold person will, but I don't know if it would, if it would catch like completely because I think people would be turned off from that um, pretty quickly. Very it, true. The most that they want to do is they want to keep you subscribed. So they want to keep you as a set it and forget it customer. Like they want to have you do maybe your 30 day trial like, and then forget maybe that you, that you have it log on your TV going like, ah, I want to watch something on, you know, XYZ service. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of not nah, even realizing that. Nah, nah, fam. Nah, fam. I've learned as soon as I, as soon as I type <laughs> that bad boy in, as soon as I'm in the account, yeah. go straight to account settings, yeah. cancel. Yeah. I have a few services kind of like that where I think I'm not watching anything on this right this second, but maybe I will in a month and then I just let it lapse. Like now granted it's not like 20 bucks a month or something crazy. It's like six or seven, but I mean, still that, that adds up six or seven bucks adds up over the course of time. Um, so they really, that they're hoping that that's what the case is. And Netflix, Ted Sorrentos, I think his name is the, the creator of Netflix or co-creator. He, was like saying, yeah, that was a big proponent for launching the Netflix service was to get people to do that once we had enough like shows. That's that's another reason why they don't really care for series going over like three seasons because once they they've have you for that that one, like they there's no they're not re- really retaining anybody because someone's going to tune in more more likely to tune in brand new for a season one of something rather than a season three or four of something. Um, so there's definitely a strategy that like is had for what you guys are talking about right now. So all that's just all that's just amazing to me. Like yeah. there's, like for everything, there seems to be some sort of like, like thought process. Psychology, man. It, yeah, mm-hmm. that's I guess that's why those people make the big bucks. Yeah. But um, so <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this uh, this week's episode with you know it's February and 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 with that. You already know that it's Black History Month. And uh, I, I just, I could not have us go through Black History Month and not, like, talk about it. Talk about, like, what that means to us, like, just in gaming in general. Uh, and I think it's a, a good, it's going to be a great conversation. I mean, I'm excited. Yeah. Shout out to you, Chris. Uh, all credit to you on that one, because mm-hmm. that completely sailed by me. Uh, definitely wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um like under that context, under the context of this show. So uh, thank you for bringing that up. And I'm, I'm so psyched to talk about pretty much all of that. So, yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into our What You've Been Playing. Uh, James, mm-hmm. what you been playing? So I have been playing a good bit more of Hades. Uh, not as hard as I have been the last couple of weeks. Still fun game. Still enjoying the roguelike. Still... Um, just grinding away at the heat levels now. Trying to get some more... Uh, blood to upgrade my weapons but um the main star of this week for me has been a uh, middle earth shadow of war hmm. which is a sequel to shadow of mordor um and i played shadow of mordor when it first launched on the original ps4 and then i hadn't really put mess with the franchise since but um something just called to me about it i had it on my xbox figured i'd boot it up and see how it goes and um the nemesis system that's what it is that the Nemesis system makes this game for me. Because otherwise it feels very much like your traditional open world, go to the icon, 
do said mission. But um, the way that the Nemesis system works is that throughout your journey, you will come across certain orc captains. And you'll have these different interactions with them in how you fight them. So say I'll come across an orc and he is afraid of fire. I can use that against him, but if he manages to get away, he'll remember that I burned him, and he'll have, like, a scar of that that last encounter. And that's just a small way of the way that the game interweaves with the story, but that's really the main story for me now, is just seeing, like, my battles with these orcs um, cut somebody's hand off, they came back with a hook claw, and they were like, I told you you can't run from me, I'm going to, like, we're going to infest you, like, that sort of thing. Sort of builds like a story within a story, right? Like it's like a, a continuity, and I care more about that story than I do about the main quest. <laughs> and then it makes collecting things on the map less tedious because you never know when somebody's going to pop up. Um, mm-hmm. They will ambush you. They don't care about like if you're already in the middle of a boss fight or if you're just trying to like sneak through an encampment. You'll hear like a horn go off and then turn around and there's the orc. It's like I'd find you pink skin. I'm on you. <laughs> and and when and when James, when like when he's saying like when he's saying like it's it's in random points, mm-hmm. like I've I, I didn't play um Shadow of War, but like like you, I've I've only played uh Shadow of Mordor, the first one. Mm-hmm. And with you know the, the system in that game, um you even have it where you're fighting one captain and then like a whole uh, like a whole other captain will show up. And all of a sudden, like, it's like a turf war between them two and them trying to get at you. Yeah, that, so, that still exists in this game. Oh, man. Which is cool. That's, that's some cool stuff. And then it, it also incentivizes you keeping up with these orcs. Because they'll have their own things that they'll end up doing while you're busy doing your story. Like, they'll have missions that they're given. And if they fulfill their mission, then they level up. So then they get better skills, better armor, better abilities. And they'll even have, like, duels amongst themselves that you can crash and take out two orcs with one. Or they'll end up turning, to working together to take you out first. Um, so it, it just, it's very dynamic storytelling. And I think that it takes what else is, what is a typically, like, overdone concept now of the open world. And gives it some, some life to it. So I get why they, um, they copyrighted the system. It's a great system. And I think that it really does carry the game, but uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I think I'm only two areas in, so I don't know how much further I have to go, but it's a good game. So, question: um, I I I vaguely remember this, but is um, Shadow of War? Is it does it have like a PlayStation Five like boost because of like wasn't it like a PlayStation Four Pro boost for that game? I think it does just re- receive like that backwards compatibility boost, but I'm playing on Xbox. X now? Oh, on Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that's a game that, like, they already, like, up and everything, right? Yeah, I mean, it runs really smooth. Um, some of the, like, the texture work, you can tell, is an older game. Mm-hmm. But um, just the detail on stuff, like, the, uh, even the shine on the axes or on the armor, it all just looks really good. Everything's really fluid. Yeah, I think... I'm at a point now where I'm sort of looking for a game to jump into, and I I think I might join you on that one. That sounds like it sounds like right now mm-hmm. it sounds like a fun game to play. Yeah, it's just a it's like a good time waster. Mm-hmm. I don't feel yeah. bogged down, but I like it. 
that that nemesis system is is really special i definitely agree with you on that i played the uh i didn't play the sequel uh just that first one mm-hmm. whatever that was called um and uh, I, I enjoyed it it was it was cool i felt like <clears throat> the nemesis system was like the thing that set the game apart from everything else because it felt pretty generic otherwise i mean i know it's based off lord of the rings but um you know it's like orcs sword shields that sort of shit um right. which is fine but like if that nemesis system does like stand out above everything else um there's just there was nothing really even remotely like it on the market and i don't really think there has been since really? actually Mm-mm. i think yeah. that's honestly like the only franchise that will do something like that yeah yeah so um my main question was really you know does this sequel do anything different than that first game um to, like does it do anything to, to to distinguish itself um from that one I feel like there is more to be uncovered in this game. Like I know there's a a, a bit of like an army element, so you can build up your ranks of um, converted orcs and that sort of thing. I'm not far enough into the story to unlock that yet. Okay. So I can't really speak to how deep that goes or how fulfilling that could be, but I know it's a feature in here. Um, the other thing I do like, they kind of taken the Diablo system of jewels or gems. Okay. And you can slot them into your weapons, and you can combine them to make better quality gems, that sort of thing. So that's fun. Like, um, It incentivizes even going after grunts now, because certain ones are marked that they have a chance to hold an item like that. Mm. So if I'm trying to like grind up my damage, I'm going to look for different orcs, hoping that they have might gems or um, wealth gems, so I can even boost up my experience or boost up my drop rate on more items. So that's just a fun little carrot. I guess. Yeah. But, um, besides that, it, no, <laughs> I wouldn't say anything else too distinguishing about it. Okay. Yeah. It definitely is like a game. I think I might, I might pick up like if I'm looking for something to play kind of like Chris, I think that's a good kind of space to, to touch that game on. So yeah. So that's on good. sale a lot nowadays. So it'd mm-hmm. probably be cheaper mm-hmm. soon. Or, or, or game pass. Is it on game pass? It is on game pass. Sure enough. That's why I have this game. <laughs> Ah, uh, Game Pass, so good, so good. I, I I routinely check now if like the thing I want I'm about to purchase is is on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've messed up recently, and like I I've been meaning to apologize to you too about that. Like, isn't cross code on Game Pass? I remember you were mentioning that. No, remember um, we we all picked up um what should we call it recently? What Vermintide? Uh, yeah, Vermintide. Yeah, yep. Vermintide too. I was like, yeah, get it on PlayStation, guys. It's on Game Pass. I actually thought it. I thought you checked and you it wasn't. I che- I checked on my phone and it wasn't popping up. But then when I w- actually went on my console, I saw it and I was like, yeah. "Well, damn." Yeah, I I think I said this earlier this week, but I really don't like that Xbox app. Like, we did. We need to um, figure out how to fix that. Yeah, it's really awful for some reason. Um, it's just when you look at the PlayStation app and just the basic utility of being able to go to the store, find out like what Chris just said is a great example. Like we wanted to see if a game is on Game Pass. I should be able to just look through the the store or your app to be able to find that. I feel like um, there's a Game Pass app. I know so? it shouldn't be that way, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's like a separate one that'll just tell you. Okay. I think I think I think that's the case. I think there there may be just like a whole, but but shouldn't that be included in the main app as well? Yeah, I think like, it's yeah. part of the Xbox Pass, so, like Xbox like app. You, it's similar to like how Instagram like had like Instagram TV, and Instagram TV was like a whole separate app, yep. but eventually got absorbed into the main app. Mm-hmm. But still, like you can still download 
that you know tv app and it'll be just like the tv stuff so i don't know i think that should be the same with xbox you should be able to look at your game pass games on that main app well i 100 percent agree don't know yeah. why it's not but uh but uh microsoft and their um their mobile <laughs> just has not been great <laughs> yeah their mobile suite is uh lacking <laughs> <sighs> But yeah, I mean, that's all I've really been playing. All right, cool. So, Rod, I think you're up next. What have you been playing? All right. I'm going to try to keep it brief because I know we got a lot of stuff to get through today. But uh, I have been playing a few things I want to talk about. So I did finish Sunshine. Um, nice. Fuck Sunshine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, just just not a fan, man. Like, I think I've said everything I really wanted to say about that game last week, so I won't really re-litigate all of that stuff. Um, but it just never really got better. Like, I gave it a chance, too. I went through the whole thing. I played the whole game. Um, now, I did not get every shine, so I did not get all 120. I did draw the line. Something you said to me last week stuck, James, when I was like, you know... Um, I was like, man, I have to play, I have to play this game. And I think you said something like, you know, you... You don't, or something like something like that, you know, where you're like, I don't, you, you actually don't need to put yourself through this. And I was like, yeah, you're right, actually, I don't. Um, <laughs> but, you know, part of it was that I wanted to make, like, Galaxy all that much sweeter in a way. So I, I just mm-hmm. needed something to wash the taste of, of sunshine out of my mouth. And, and the thing is, the last thing I want to say about sunshine is that I do think there are certain highs in that game. I don't think it is a completely terrible game, which I think I said that last week, too. But, but I for a Mario title, though, like it just doesn't give me anything that I am really expecting, especially coming off like Fresh Playing 64. It's funny. I feel like that's like the DMC2 of that trilogy. But are there DMC2 defenders, though? No. Like, the thing is, Sunshine has like a lot of... I really enjoyed that deadpan uh, reaction. Um, but the thing about Sunshine is that like people really go hard for Sunshine. Like they they love that shit. Some some people mm-hmm. do. It's like it's like the most divisive game or divisive game in the franchise. Like people fucking love it. Um, I would agree. I feel like it's going back to my experience playing as a kid. That yeah. one had to grow on me, which mm-hmm. was weird at the time. You know. Yeah. Um, and I also think that. Just the way the control scheme worked for the GameCube back then, it doesn't mm. translate well. Mm. But did you did you ever try the GameCube adapter? No, I didn't get a chance to. No, I really want to do that now. I wonder yeah. if that would make a difference. I wonder. That's a good point. Um, I, I would love to see. Like, I would I, either love to try it myself or something. Games? Do those games actually work with the adapter? I don't know, but let's find out. Yeah, that might be worth looking into. Um, yeah, I mean, the game has really just. The, the music isn't like it doesn't pop as well as I think other stuff does um, in the franchise. I, mm-hmm. I think I think visually it looks pretty good for being well, how old like almost twenty years at this point. Um, it do- actually does look pretty good. The the 1080p upscale uh, was is definitely like it makes it feel good. Like going mm-hmm. from sixty four in the four three uh, aspect ratio to like the sixteen nine was was definitely like all right. This is awesome i'm using like the full switch screen that's that's cool and then i had to play the game um so <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> but yeah it just 
it's just unfortunate. I would really, I, I've kind of been scouring the internet a bit to just read people's reactions and just see what other people thought about the game. Uh, and turns out, like, I'm not alone, but like, I'm in a very specific half of people. Like, I just don't feel like anyone just kind of likes the game. I feel like you either love it or you hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. But I don't know. I feel I, I, I still, it still doesn't sit right by me that Nintendo was able to put out a like this little trilogy set when like the standard for re-releasing you know old games yeah, has gotten so like, high it's gotten so high yeah. like look at tony Hawk, like the tony Hawk pro skater yeah one and coming to switch like, that is like listen yeah when i say like when you say this is a remake this is a remaster like this is this is the high this is the this is like the highest standard yes. right here this is the bar 100 percent. yeah no you're so you're totally right for them to for them to just emulate the three games and sell it and like not even like you know up up upscale the music uh give us like a different score uh i don't know like different texture packs like something like you know how like halo mm-hmm. for example you with, with the hit of a button you could swap between the old style versus the new style like right. stuff like that yeah yeah i i do to be fair i agree with you but to be fair they never advertise it as that it legit just says play three classic games at home or on the go and all in one package. See, but we, I feel like by buying this game, it's showing them that they they the, they don't have to do anything yeah. for they, us to buy the game. We, I've, I've reinforced their behavior. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. Pretty much. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, this game is on the bestsellers list continually, like on Amazon. Um, I, we even looked at MPD, and it was... It's... Nothing fucking stops this Mario train. Nothing. Not even sh- shitty Wait, ass you know emulators. How, you know how they got me though. You what? know how they got me. How? What? And like I, I've, I've bought this game day one. I had this game since day one. You wouldn't know why because they're like, hey, after a certain point, you won't be able to find. This yeah, game that too. They, they cause, they cause like that sense of like FOMO. Yeah. And you don't, you don't want to like not, you know, secure your copy, secure your bag. Right. Yeah. Because you know. Who knows? In another twenty-five years, like how you know this game may cost yeah. you know like twenty thousand dollars or something yeah. like that. Or you know? I mean, maybe you want to play Super Mario sixty-four like later this year. You never know. So like, yeah. right. and it, I mean, it's a, it's a shitty move. It's something right out of Disney's playbook where they used to have the Disney Vault. Um, oh they, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. they don't anymore because they're doing like Disney Plus and all that stuff. But like, they used to artificially like release their um their content like on not really with much other features or whatever but like it would just be straight up yeah we're selling snow white now okay now we're doing lion king and then like maybe two years later they'll re-release the same thing but you can't get it anywhere um it actually happened as recently as um before disney plus when aladdin released nobody could find the animated aladdin anywhere uh when they were trying to so yeah Hmm. it it's it's a play right out of their book so, hmm. yeah. Um, that, that, that damn mouse. <laughs> yeah, the that damn mouse. plumber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who would have um, thought, guys? <laughs> who would have thought? Who would have thought? Um, but we do, we do have the crown jewel, though. At least I consider it the crown jewel of that collection, which is Mario Galaxy. Um, immediately starting Mario Galaxy was just so beautiful that music hits that music fucking <laughs> slaps like god damn like you're just running around in that star festival and like you it's like that soaring orchestral strings like i actually really was looking forward to like kind of talking about galaxy today because uh it 
in maybe I played Sunshine for perhaps like somewhere between 10 to 15 hours, probably closer to 15. And I've played maybe a few hours, three, four, maybe of Galaxy. And like, I am in, so enamored with it, like so much more so in that short amount of time than I was with Sunshine. It's, it's ridiculous. And it made me really think like, why is that? Because Galaxy on its face is a different game. Like it's a different type of game than anything else that had come before it because Sunshine is 64 and practically every other Mario before then relies on uh, platforming abilities. Galaxy doesn't do that. Galaxy uh, tests you with its environmental challenges. So really a precursor to to Odyssey, if anything. And that's what I find fascinating. Then they kind of had to do that too because of the Wii. The Wii was not a conventional game remote. It was it was a... I was going to say, a, a lot of like the big franchises ha like had that moment. Mm -hmm. uh, so like I'm thinking like Skyward Sword yeah. mm -hmm. had that moment where like that particular Zelda game is like, you know, sort of like a precursor to Breath of the Wild of like different like new mechanics and everything. So. Yeah, it forced them to get creative with their franchises. And I think mm -hmm. I think Galaxy was the game that they were insanely successful with. Um, you know, and and with that, like it it just it provided Nintendo with the ability to get so creative with their level design um, and concepts. Nothing feels the same. Nothing feels boring. You're not doing as much strict platforming. Like it doesn't feel like a skill-based game that like 64 and to some degree Sunshine was. But um, it's not relying you to time your jumps super well. It's relying on you to like you know figure out what all these green switches do um, when you turn all of them on, or like how to. Uh, obtain the bee power and like float around this honey this giant honeycomb to like um you know beat a boss or whatever like it's just it's never been the same experience uh not to mention again i just need to shout out that goddamn music like so good the collection has the soundtrack like the only thing the only new thing it has is like the ability for you to listen to the soundtrack i've actually gone in and like just kind of set the some of the soundtrack from galaxy down because it's just beautiful man it, it it captures like the the majesty of or the majestic nature of space and exploration and and travel and somehow i don't know codifies that in a way that like it's distinctly mario i can't really explain it i'm not like advanced enough in musical language to like tell you how it does it but it it, it does it somehow it's really spectacular um honestly I, I think you did a really good job because I would have said that shit slapped. <laughs> that would have been the end of it. Would have been it. It's Mario, bro. You know, that's it. You just know how you know what it sounds like. You know, you know the fucking vibes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um. Man. Yeah. Boy, do I know the fucking vibes. Like this game is just so fucking good, man. Like you guys have played Galaxy, right? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I'm very excited because I have played Galaxy up to a point, so I have not experienced all of it. Some of it will be new to me. So um, very, yeah, I, I'm very, I'm so stoked. Like it was honestly most of the reason why I wanted to uh, get this collection was to be able to to complete Galaxy, play through all of it finally, um, mm -hmm. and and yeah, that was like most of my reason for it. So it, in that regard, it hasn't disappointed, and I'm so 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 pleased with it up to the, uh, up to this point um i can't wait to like come back next week and probably talk more i'm assuming that the quality stays consistent um from everything i've i've read uh, and i'm just i'm i'm so hyped like it, it's the perfect game like for me right now i could pop it on for like 10 15 minutes or even like a couple hours if i'm feeling like 
binging it or whatever and and totally do that um it's it's exceptional um so yeah yeah so that is the mario collection um i also dug a little bit into guilty gear strive uh the beta happened uh, last weekend as of this recording and they rolled it i think a little bit into monday because they were having a lot of server issues. Um, that this was a game that I don't know how long I can talk about this because you know I only got a few hours in, but man, this might be the best fighting game I've ever laid eyes on. Um, like just visually speaking, like mm. it is like I would say the last game that sort of took me aback like that was Dragon Ball Z Fighters or Dragon Ball Fighters Z, like Dragon whatever. Ball fighters. Okay, Fighters. Fighters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I remember looking at that game going like, wow, that looks straight up anime. Like that is ripped right from the, 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 you know, the animation. It looks great. I love it. Um, this Strive does something similar. Um, obviously, Guilty Gear is not based on an anime, I don't think. But, but it, it looks like it would be, though. It looks exactly like that with a little bit more realistic fidelity to it. So somehow, like, these backgrounds don't, they don't look overly cartoony, but like these anime characters are like hopping around in it, um, which looks pretty funny. But it's it's what can I say? It is it is Guilty Gear. If you've ever played Guilty Gear, you're kind of familiar with uh, the aesthetic of it. It's like this over the top like metal type score. Uh, the intros before you even fight, it, they you know they say heaven or hell, get ready to fucking fight. Basically, I paraphrase that a bit, but that's basically what they say. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, I will say this feels a lot like Street Fighter though, which I found it very, very interesting. Uh, Guilty Gear is usually a game that is extremely fast paced. The last one I played was maybe 15 years ago. Um, Guilty Gear X2 Reload, I think it was the one on Xbox that I played, like the original mm -hmm. Xbox. And um, I remembered a lot of, about that game and it was extremely quick. And I believe all the other Guilty Gears that I've sort of played around with, um, like a, just a little bit played like that, but it was akin to like a Marvel experience, like a Marvel versus Capcom, like where you're doing all sorts of crazy combos and shit, not maybe like a hundred hits, but you're going, uh, the, it's very kinetic. It's you're going very quickly. This is not like that. You're playing a lot more footsies here. Um, you are thinking about your moves a bit more. Um, I was surprised about that. I have not paid much attention to strive at all. I remember seeing it in one of the conferences and maybe say, maybe like the Sony conference from last year. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I have not been following the development at all. So I had no idea what to expect. So I felt kind of at home, but also sort of lost because there's a lot of systems that I just I couldn't get accustomed to. Um, and I just wasn't really going through the tutorial like I probably should have been. I was just pressing buttons and seeing what worked. Um, but I'm intrigued enough to probably pick this up like whenever it drops in, I think, early April. Uh, it was very cool. Um, the one thing I would definitely want to shout out is that even though the lobbies are fucking terrible, I don't know why Arc Systems does this to their games. Like they make them into like these anime characters that you just sort of like walk around in these chibi type things. Although they're not chibis, they're like um, they're like eight bit sprites, right? Y yeah, they're like eight bit sprites, kind of. Maybe yeah, probably eight bit. And and you walk around, and every time you like ready up, you teleport to like a different side of the room. Like everybody's in this lobby. But, like, you can walk up to someone in the lobby, an avatar, and they'll have their sword out. And if you go up to them and, like, say, yeah, interact, like, you can challenge them. But if you want to challenge somebody who's maybe, like, roaming the lobby, you, like, you can't really do that directly because you teleport if you, like, to another area of the room if you want to, like, fight them. Yes, James, that expression is exactly the same one that I had. <laughs> Literally. Like, I was like, I, this makes no, no sense. 
has had one good lobby in any of their games like that I've played. Uh, and I just don't get who is making these fucking decisions. But outside of that, mm-hmm. if you do get into a game, it does have rollback uh, netcode, which is probably the best netcode I have ever played in a fighting game. Like, it is phenomenal. I think I was maybe one frame behind the whole time or like ahead. And it just, if you're not familiar with, uh, with rollback, uh, GGPO, which is a, uh, an online service that utilizes this tech, um, it essentially makes it so that like it's delay based. So if you're fighting someone from like really, really far away, um, or if you just experience like some sort of weird, you know, hiccup in your connection, like the, the game sort of like sort of makes up the frames. I believe that's what it is. I could be wrong. Someone can yell at me later if I am, but I think that's what, what it is. That sounds um, about right. What I've been hearing too. Yeah. Yeah. And with, <clears throat> with strive, uh, it's, it's, it's implemented so well that I, I never had lag. In fact, I almost forgot that I was playing online for a second. Uh, that's then it just, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like I was playing somebody right next to me. So really that's reason enough for me to like kind of support this game and, yeah, you know, please in, implement for all future fighting games, implement rollback. Um, but yeah, game's beautiful at a native 4K, 60 frames per second, um, locked. Like it looks, again, great if you have not seen guilty gear strive go look up a youtube video real quick take a take a peek uh it does look phenomenal um, i have a few characters that i kind of liked i sort of like giovanni uh she had like a wolf spirit or something and then there was a chick with two swords i think her name is ram rom something like that she was pretty kick-ass um and chip chips enough who was like a ninja which makes me feel bad like i hate kind of playing these ninjas in these games because then everyone who plays me is probably thinking like damn this motherfucker likes naruto but uh but <laughs> <What's wrong with laughs> <that>? <laughs> nothing i guess nothing uh, well yeah nothing <laughs> All right, <love> it. <laughs> but um yeah <laughs> i know all the fanboys about to light my ass up but mm-hmm. chip chip is uh chip is pretty solid he was the dude i played in in the other guilty gear games so uh, he felt pretty cool too uh, but yeah I, I really like this game i really like this game a lot so yeah is that, how long is that video gonna be going for it ended i think on monday or tuesday oh yeah yeah it was like a few days um so unfortunately no longer hopefully they maybe do a surprise one uh maybe in march that's what i'm hoping but it's gonna release i think april 9th or something or- do one more then yeah yeah i i that's something that's cool about that franchise is that i always hear i think it's guilty gear that um it's a really good if you're thinking about going like learning how to play fighting games they're um like their tutorial mode is actually really mm-hmm. good. Like it teaches you how to play that game, but then also just specifically teaches you uh, like different terms that you'll learn uh, just in the fighting game community. I, th- I think I've heard something similar. Um, I don't know if I personally felt that way when I was playing Guilty Gear. So maybe they implemented something like that later on. But I do think that Strive uh, is a great jumping on point. I think the other games I've been a lot faster than this. Um, at least for me personally, maybe I just am terrible, but which is probably the case, but, um, I couldn't really play footsies in, in that scenario. Like, but with strive, I could, I actually could the pace has slowed down a bit, but not in an unsatisfactory way. So don't take that as I'm saying, like the game is like molasses. It's not like, it actually is really, really quick, but, um, it's much slower than I would say the previous entries, but they make it work. Um, and and I think kind of give the game. I don't want to say a new identity, but it's just a different feel to it. It feels a lot like more, uh, a lot more like Street Fighter, I would say, at this point. 
you could say they, they've hit a really good strive. Yeah. All right, Chris. Uh, oh. What have you been playing, man? <laughs> we to switch gears, Roddy. <laughs> oh, come on. You two. At two, at two James. Guilty. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, oh man. You know I love it. Are, Roddy. Ra- wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me let me take control of the situation here. And uh, Jesus, <laughs> this is borderline insanity. <laughs> yes, that's the next game I played afterwards. It was Borderlands Three because I finished Control. Um, guys, when I say that I was so close to finishing Control that um, you know, I was getting my ass kicked in that. I guess like the missions leading up to the last couple of missions. And when I was like, you know what, let me do some side missions. Did some side missions for a couple of hours, and I was like, well, I'm feeling myself right now. Like, I'm feeling pretty powerful. I'm, you know, powering through these missions, these side missions that were, like, too hard for me before. So let's let's go back to this main story mission. Let's see what's next. And then I saw the credits, and I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's it. I don't know that, how that makes me feel about the story. <laughs> if you didn't even realize it was over. <laughs> yeah. So... I, I'm not sure where these DLCs begin and what like if like what's like what was in the original mm-hmm. game, because um, I know like the the DLCs like add more story, right? Or were they all just side missions? I'm pretty sure they add more story, like overall. Um, even that Alan Wake connection is supposed to be significant to what's going on. Um, I think that first one is more connected to like the oldest house because that is, it's telling you about the history, basically the foundation, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm, okay. So that's what I'm playing. That's what I'm playing okay. now. Okay, cool. So like, like, I didn't know if that was like the, like, what was, what's the actual end? Oh, like, gotcha. Yeah. The okay. So that's why. I, that, that's why like it's sort of weird jumping into games that like have like the ultimate edition is that I guess I'm really getting the complete edition, but then at the same point, like you have people that may have just bought the original game and they're not getting that full experience. Yeah. I you know, Chris, I'm kinda with you though. Like I love control. I mean you guys already know like I really love that game. I pushed for it really hard during our game of the year. It got like top five. Um but I will say that the ending was not great like the literal ending sequence like it's you don't really fight a fight a boss or anything you know you don't really like credits just sort of roll like i've i've read where people think like there's like if they, they think it's a fake ending or a bad ending and not like the real one and i do think that the, that could have been handled better um so i am with you i'd love the game but i am with you on that hmm. yeah so you know, I, it's, it's you know definitely like if if you have a PlayStation right now, I've said this before. Go ahead and download it while it's still mm-hmm. part of PlayStation mm-hmm. Plus. But like even then, uh, like it's it's on sale uh, a lot. So definitely like pick up the game if you're gonna do it. Pick up the Ultimate Edition at this point. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that you know you fought for this game uh, that that year um, for the game of the year mm-hmm. because it's like I I would have agreed with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but so after finishing that, like, like, honestly, right after we recorded last week's episode, I was sort of like trying to figure out what's the next game. Wait, hold on, Chris, before you get into that, I have to ask you real quick. What did you think about the ashtray maze? In control. I, the ashtray maze? Yeah, the ashtray maze. 
Does that ring a bell? Okay, spoilers for Control. If you haven't played Control, skip ahead like a minute. But uh, okay, so Ashtray Maze is oh, <laughs> Ashtray Maze is like when you have the uh, Ati. Like Ati, you go to him. You're in the maze. They're in that little section where like the the maze repeats. Like you you know what I'm saying? Like it's like oh, yeah. And then and then when yeah. you go through it, the music kind of kicks in, and you're just like fucking people up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. That, like. I- like that, okay, all right. Now, now, see what you're talking about. Yeah, like that, that whole sequence. I like at that point in the game, the game has like introduced. Like you're, at this point, you know that like this game is a trippy game. Like it's it's really it's all over the place. So at that point, once that happened, I was fully accepting everything. Yeah. Like I wasn't surprised. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious because that is like one of the the main points of the game. That was a highlight to me other than like uh uh casper the dr casper doing his rendition of dynamite or whatever that was <laughs> at the end that music video he does um those are like probably my two top moments of that game yeah so i mean and those are like at moments where like the, the game is like just it's it has, it has really I, I give it this the game has like really good yeah. pacing like i feel like i was hooked in and on board the yeah whole time. for sure for sure well yeah I, i'm glad to hear that man i'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it um i am very curious to hear about your next game however yeah so uh i ended up picking up borderlands 3 it was on sale um and they i think the, uh they just released like this uh the ps5 update or like it hasn't been it's out been like already a week, i think at this point it was really recent okay so yeah Okay, so it was really recent. So I think that was one of the main like driving points. It was like, all right, once again, I think I said this earlier in the episode. Like, I have this next gen console, and like I'm sort of like starved for content. So anytime I hear there's some sort of like upres boost or something, like I'm downloading it and I'm playing it. So um, Borderlands Three, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the franchise. Uh, it's been a minute since I've really like played Borderlands, so I decided to jump into that and. I, James, you've been playing this game, right? Mm-hmm. Why, why has no one told me that the game, like the gunplay, is is like so good in this game? I just like, thought that just was a given. Overall, like, Borderlands sat- satisfaction, yeah, satis- the the whole satisfaction of each gun. Well, not each, most guns, because there are some guns that are like, yo, why is this even right. a thing? But um, just overall, uh, just the gameplay for Borderlands Three is is just it's fun. It's fun. I feel like uh, each of the vault hunters, like they're they're pretty much different. So depending on like how you really want to play, mm-hmm. like you you'll have you'll have your, your character that you can sort of lean into. So uh, for me, this this gameplay, this uh, this run through, I went with Amara. Good choice. Which was is like yeah, Amara is the siren of the game, which is like this universe's you know uh, like Dark Phoenix or anything. Yeah, basically. Right? I, I, She's a mage. Does whatever he wants. Basically mages. And, you know, what sort of made her different was that she was like a mage brawler. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is like an interesting... It's a a pretty interesting, like, uh, class choice. So you... She's essentially that character that's, like, in in the battle, like, up front lines. She has, like, a bunch of perks that, like, boost her attack for either doing melee... Or for just being so close to the enemy, so like, so basically perfect, like that's my <laughs> gameplay style, basically. So 
I essentially like no life that game for the last week and just like basically beat the game last okay. night. And the story is Borderlands. Like is very like and if you've played the Borderlands games, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> that, that that could mean a lot of things for to a lot of people. It could. Be, it, could. it could mean a lot of things. So, and and that's exactly how I feel about it. Is that it? Like the type of humor that the game uses is very like self aware. It's very uh, at that point, like you could tell what was like trending on the internet. Mm, very much a product of at that time. point, and I guess. Yeah, so like that, and that's how I feel about the franchise. If you go back and play like Borderlands one and two, you can sort of take a gauge on like what internet culture was mm-hmm. at that time. It, how much claptrap is in three? Because I'm not gonna, I'm not bullshitting you when I say that. Like my purchase of Borderlands three kind of hinges on that. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he's he, in the intro mission. He's in the intro a lot. Yeah, he's he, yeah. He's basically in a lot of like intro missions. Okay, and is he murdered he's, at he's any more... point? <laughs> Listen, no. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry, but he's still there. <laughs> Purchase decision he's made. Still there, but, but but he's but he's basically like sprinkled in. Like he's there just he, he, he stays he, on the ship. If that helps. Okay, so not not as much yeah. as he was in the other two then. Hmm. Like he he's only there on the okay. ship and like in like okay just to add like just it's, it's flat trappiness. Oh, okay, Atlanta yeah. and I went through and played or tried to play Borderlands two, and mm-hmm. it, it, I I am a huge. I never mute the game ever, ever. I don't. I I literally. I'm not even trying to be funny. Like I literally never mute games. Like I think I take it very seriously. Like I want to hear everything. I want to hear all the vi- voices, the music, everything. I'm not one of those type of like people who like turns on music when they play games, with the exception of maybe like a few like Rocket League or something, something where the music's not like integral to the experience, right? Um, I w- and I would never in a million years think about v- muting voices. What the fuck? But with Claptrap. I could not take another five hours of that. Like after five hours, I was like, "Atlanta, I'm not fucking listening to this motherfucker anymore. Like I fucking can't do it." And so I was really hoping with Borderlands Three that might change, um, but it doesn't sound like it. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. But I mean, if anything, if anything, like it's 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 serviceable for like, okay. I, like if you if you. Play the Borderlands games, like however you feel about Borderlands, is more or less of the okay. Because Borderlands Three sounded like a good time with you guys, it really did. But it I just is. fucking couldn't listen to that shit anymore. Like, so if it was really bad, I don't know. Maybe I could find a way to mute it and then just play with you guys. Um, but I don't know how viable that is. Yeah, but I mean the so what I love about this game is that the game rewards you. Like it, it like you 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 always like it's a game where you're. On that hamster mm-hmm. wheel of like you're you're chasing after a higher mm-hmm. power level. Mm-hmm. So like this game adds like gear showing you what the power level is, and you essentially like whenever you like new loot drops, you'll like just glance over and look at it. Hmm, is this power level you know higher than anything that I've currently mm-hmm. equipped? No, then I'm either gonna skip it or I'll stash it and then mm-hmm. sell it later. Like that's that's basically the loop for me. And the game, it it does a it does a good job of like sort of keeping you engaged sort of with the story, but then that's also like sprinkling around side missions on your way so that 
you can either be under leveled or you can be like at the right level while you're doing the story missions. Right. So I've never, I've never like up until the end of the game, where at that point your character should have some sort of like, you should have at least some sort of build that you're sort of going for at that point. Um, so I feel like some guns are like they they're just really good, or like it's sort of like gear dependent, depending on like if you have gear that sort of complements that gun. That's only when the gun's really good. Uh, I I think I got the best of both worlds at the end of the game, where like the game started giving me guns that sort of went with like how I wanted to play, and I pretty much was just melting enemies at the end of the game. So uh, once you finish the game, they do give you an option of doing uh, like a true like vault hunter mode, which up, like basically you're going through the story again, but at a harder difficulty, and you get better loot, or you can essentially just turn the game into like a I'm not gonna say like a like a it's like a remix mode, but it's like it's got a mode called Mayhem where uh each mayhem level that it goes up it adds uh either positives or negatives towards the gameplay. So like if I have like mayhem level one, one of the perks could be um like shotguns do more damage or like fire uh damage is like times like 50 mm-hmm. or something like that just like this random stuff so you can really do both or do one or the other to get better loot and i don't know i feel like i'm at that point now where i guess i sort of just have to like grind things out and try and get like the best loot and then sort of i don't know like i, I guess i have to sort of look at what the dlcs are like what type of things i have like that i'm missing out on like i haven't really like jumped into the end game yet right Hmm. But so, but so far, like I mean, the ride there was pretty entertaining. Uh, like I said, like just everything felt sat, like the, the satisfying. Like you're like once you have like once you have once you're using a vault hunter that sort of plays to the style mm-hmm. that you like, and your abilities really mesh with that gameplay. Like you can start doing some really cool things and feel really powerful. And like that's what you really that's what you're shooting for. In, in these type of games, it's like that that's that sense of power, that sense mm-hmm. of scale, and Borderlands Three does a really really good job of doing that. Oh. So, I don't know. I, I know. I know. Rod, <laughs> I know. Rod, like you, you hate claptrap, but I'm this just makes saying, you feel man, any better. Like, Everyone else does too. Oh, okay. Yeah. I actually didn't know that. I thought people loved him. No, I mean like in the game, like nobody uh, likes him. Oh. Uh, Oh, okay. Well, if there are jokes at his expense, that might make it better. I just there's uh, yeah. oh that's, that's all okay. Um, I'll like, I'll look at some videos. <laughs> just come on in, bro. Water's fine. There might be a ninja in it. All right, so <laughs> so um, that's that's pretty much what I've been playing this week. Uh, like I said, I just finished that, so like I'm sort of gonna I guess sort of like what you're doing with yeah. Hades. Uh, just play just a little bit here and there, just to like you know, increase my level and just just to do something. Well, but I don't know. I don't want to jump into some more. All right, yeah, we're gonna have to do that. I think I'm gonna, I think I might pick up um, the Persona Five Strikers. I think that might make. I bought that and I haven't even played it yet. I bought it Monday and haven't even touched it. So. Switch your PlayStation. Uh, I bought it on PlayStation because okay. I I couldn't handle those load times on Switch. Couldn't handle it. 
Yeah, they're bad. I think that initial at this point, or at least a little bit, but but uh, the initial load time was like a minute and fifteen seconds or something on cold boot. So yeah, no, no, thank you. We need that instant. Yeah, we need that SSD. Yep. Yeah, and, and I mean the fact that they got me to purchase a Muso game is already pretty impressive. I heard uh, it's not very yeah, Muso actually. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. That's also what made me buy it. I was like, oh, okay. Well, well then, <laughs> maybe. But that also made me play Hyrule uh, Chronicles or Warriors or whatever that Warriors. was. Yeah, I, I played the demo of that a little bit, but I don't want to get too far. We we can talk about that later. But yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, hope, hopefully, I can mm-hmm. pick it up and have time to play it over the next week, and then we can sort of compare notes. Yeah, for sure. It. Nice. Yep. So, uh, I guess. Uh, jumping into the news, uh, we could go ahead and talk about some Xbox, um, Xbox and Sony news this week. Actually, uh, we'll start off with Xbox. Uh, there was an article that came out, and I'm um, trying to figure out who dropped it. Was it Polygon or was it like from Microsoft? I think Microsoft themselves, I think I think Microsoft themselves dropped it. Yeah, but essentially, like they are able to like through the hardware. Uh, pretty much give like old games a FPS boost. So typically nowadays for games to get like these type of like next gen upgrades, like it's up to the developers to actually go in and uh, like fix it up so that we can like play in these modes. Uh, Microsoft found a way to pretty much uh, using the hardware, give these games a, uh, a frame boost, which it's really interesting if you if you think about it. Like at this point, if they could do that and sort of just flip the switch on it, uh, you 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 really don't have to buy a lot of these uh, HD remasters anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you don't. Who to who to thunk? Uh, honestly, Microsoft is like really that's that's a really impressive tech though. In all seriousness, like the fact that they just revealed it like that is is insane um i and without the work of third parties which to my understanding like they it's it's entirely like the microsoft division doing this work which is crazy i don't know how they're managing to do it um i'm curious like how they're making the selection on the games like is it some metric like that of people who are playing it like i have no idea I'm, I'm guessing it would be that. It's, I'm guessing it's like they're checking to see like what people are like really actively playing, and then I'm pretty sure they go through the uh, the developer and like, hey, like we we want to like turn this mode on for this game because like at the same time you, you don't know if at some point they were wanting to you know re-release a game and <laughs> make more money mm-hmm. off of the game. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that that's something that they they have to look at too. But I think all in all, like. It's, it's 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 like you said, like just the tech behind it is like yeah, it's really it's cool. astounding. So um, Xbox Xbox has that going for them. As you know, it's, it's a pretty it's pretty good. What they need to do uh, they're they're doing huh? what they need to do to make Xbox like stand on its own. They're trying to make this the best right. place you can play a game. Yeah, like especially it is. yeah back they're they're really pushing the BC angle, which I mean they kind of have to because ain't shit else like coming out right now with them. Mm-hmm. So like, I do think that this angle is a good one though, because I mean, if you look at, um, you know, Sony's machine, there's, there are a few more games to play. Sure. Um, but 
there's not it's not a lot uh, but i mean that's just that's just the nature of of new generations right like this is just what happens all the time right. um i i also want to give microsoft their props for pushing it yeah. so hard because i honestly i feel like if microsoft wasn't so like you know if they weren't so upfront and like pushing for backwards compatibility i can guarantee you the playstation 5 wouldn't have that if it wasn't for microsoft doing yeah. it. sure Sure. Yeah, I could. That's very fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they've always. I would say Microsoft's always been good about that. Sony's kind of been the one who has flip flopped a, a lot. Um, mostly been pretty bad on it. I would say the, the at OG PS3 and I guess the PS2 will let you do do it pretty easily from the disc. But after that, like post you know revision of the PS3, like they were like, nope. No, you're not doing anything. So the fact that the Microsoft has been like that from the start with 360 and the one is is very good. I I agree with you, Chris. I like that they've gone pretty hard on that. Yeah. So you know, I think Microsoft is going. They're going to stay in the news. They're making. They're definitely making moves on trying to you know I guess win back just market share from Sony because right now I mean it's, it's obvious like Sony has like mm-hmm. the market share like mm-hmm. they, people. Everyone, everyone is so team Sony right now. Like I, I feel like for me, like it's for me, it's never like a. I'm not like a fan. None of, of us are like yeah. either side. But I, I always end up feeling like I have to like defend Xbox yeah. when it comes mm-hmm. down to just yeah. Like, no, uh, can we talk about that for a second? Because like I feel the exact same way. Like I feel like, and I hate that. I hate that feeling because it's like I don't want to defend like any of these <laughs> these corporations. Really, like they're not my friends. But like I do see people kind of needlessly attacking one side i mean that's just i guess the nature of nerddom people fucking do that all the time of course we don't do this on the show which is one reason why i love doing what we do because none of us feel that way i would not want to do this if somebody did um but you know with that i do think there's a certain amount of discourse that comes with that conversation where people are like you know oh microsoft they, they haven't forgotten about the one like microsoft or xbox one that initial reveal um which you know admittedly that is a really bad that's a bad thing like that was not good for them and not good for the industry but i think they made very significant strides to move past that um and i think it's about time that like a lot of people kind of like take a step back recognize that you know it's we're a generation removed from that at this point and you know, I'm not, and again, I'm not saying Microsoft's like your best buddy or anyone, any of the big three are your friends, but like, you know, as far as what you can get as a consumer, like I do like the things that Microsoft is doing as far as backwards compatibility goes. Like it, it's really hard to argue that. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you've- That and just, just, overall, just in overall just services that they, they've pushed forward on yeah. their brand. Like it's, it, it's honestly like, I don't know. I, I I hate that there's such like a divide still, but I mean, because it should be about games. It should just be about games at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. It, it should be. But I mean, I guess people always there's, there's always people always have to argue about stuff. Like that's just the the unfortunate truth of our of, of our race is that we always like people just have to find a reason to argue. But um, you know, not to be outdone, Sony uh went and put out some just information that. I, I really wasn't expecting to hear anytime soon, but they brought the PlayStation VR 2 up in um, a blog post, which essentially like confirmed that they are working on it. Um, it's something that like it's on their radar 
they see how successful PlayStation VR just in general was. And um, we will see a upgraded headset, uh, upgraded controller, and they, I guess they, they're letting us know that, you know, things are in the works. So I mean, before I get into it, I want to sort of hear from you guys, like, I, what, do you, what do you feel about this blog post? How do you feel about just PlayStation VR in general? I personally would have liked to have seen some type of concept to go along with the blog post. Um, because mm-hmm. like I figured y'all would be working on something. Why wouldn't they? You know, exactly. Um, the yeah. idea about the upgraded controllers does give me a little bit of hope. I hope that they move away from the um, the Wiimote esque controls, and they um they adapt mm-hmm. something from like an Oculus or a, a um, what is the Valve system called? Like, yeah, index. Index. I, I feel like those specifically like Oculus. I feel like it should be like the standard mm-hmm. now. Um, if you know, if you if you're trying to make your headset like mainstream, so you know, I I'm hoping, of course, more or so less like towards like the index, which is more or less the high end of that mm-hmm. spectrum with like more range of motion. You're able to like simulate like grip better or like just like finger placement better in virtual reality which is pretty cool so uh hopefully they could they're they're looking at that um they did say in the blog post that they're working on like simplifying just the the overall experience by having just a single cable instead of having like a breakout box that had like one cable going into another cable going Mm -hmm. into another cable they're trying to simplify all that so that's good because um, that kept me from playing my VR a lot. That's a good thing. Always my PlayStation. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like I think you know, we were talking about this in our you know personal chat, but like I was sort of hoping for you know wireless headset. I was too. I know that. Yeah, I I, I mean I hope that maybe we like we're so early on that like they are working on trying to get it wireless, and maybe they're sort of like setting up where they'll say wired first, but then be like, all right. But if you want to, you can unplug it and like pair it to the PlayStation and basically have that full like wireless experience because there there is a big difference in VR like having that cable sort of like tying you down as opposed to just having like just a headset on your head and just moving about with that like it's it's pretty big so I'd hope they try to move it forward. But that's, I don't know, that's me. I'm, it's good to hear, but at the same time, just like I said before, um, we sort of knew that they were working on this already. So and they really didn't give us much to go off of, except for the fact that they just said that, hey, we're, work, you know, we're working on this. Don't, don't think that we forgot about it. So like that's good to see. I guess was something else. They didn't explicitly state, but they mm-hmm. mentioned dual sense control like features. Uh, I hope I, I swear to God I hope they're not talking about the damn adaptive trigger. I like adaptive triggers. I, at this point, at this point, I I turn it oh, off as wow. soon as I start a game. Oh, wow! Did you even try it on Borderlands? I I I I immediately turned it off. I immediately turned it off on, I don't on know, Borderlands. Man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try that one out now. What is it for as, you? Like, what so, what don't you like? As as a as a child of poverty. Growing up, we didn't have the ability to go buy controllers if they messed up. So the feeling of having a jammed R2 controller is a feeling that I never want to experience mm, again. Okay. 
But with DualSense, with the with those reactive, you know, adaptive triggers, like that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like you're. It feels like something is breaking on the trigger, and it 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 honestly like it like it's. I know it simulates like the you know the tension of like a gun trigger, but like I don't want that. I don't want that. I just I just, just want to push my buttons and play my game. I just want to shoot. They're doing too much. So I don't know. At, at least all right. Astro Boy, I think is the Astro Bot. Yeah, Astro Bot. Astro Bot did it right. Like I feel like they they this is a bunch of stuff that they did to simulate different feelings with the with the triggers. That was cool. But I feel like in these shooters, like it's just it's lazy. It's like, oh, this is a gun trigger. You actually have to like pull it harder for it to shoot. Like that's no, I just want to just tap my button. I just want to yeah. I just want to shoot. Hmm. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. So that's how I feel about that. But um, BlizzCon mm-hmm. was uh, was this past week, and I I'm, I'm gonna go through with you know some of the stuff that they announced. But uh, Rod, I'm gonna have to uh, ask you like your impressions yes. over a lot of this yes. stuff. Um, you know, they of course uh, showed off Diablo two, uh, something that I guess we knew was in the works already. Uh, so when when they announced this, people were like, okay, here it is. It's finally announced, but it's a Diablo Diablo two remaster. It's a remake. Uh, they They're remaking off... it completely. Oh, yeah, from, from the ground, from the ground up. up. Yep. Mm. So, so once again, even better. This is once again. This is what we look for. This is like the, the bar. You know, they they are going for like the full the full blown remake. Yeah. Right? Well, apparently their Warcraft um, three remake was god awful. So hopefully Diablo two does not turn out like that. Ooh, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. And now that they've grafted oh, the so, fucking Vicarious Visions, aka Tony Hawk 1 and 2 gods, away from that franchise onto Diablo 2, you know, probably be good. But, you know, I'd rather them give us 3 and 4, you know, just saying. I would agree. There was no reason for this. Yeah. Like, I'm, not mad, I'm not mad at Diablo 2. Like, Diablo 2 is great. It's a it's a classic it's a fantastic game i'll gladly take a remake but tony hawk though like just seeing the job that they did with with that i don't want to get too off topic but yeah that's it's distressing <laughs> <laughs> sorry man i i don't know it's, it's i feel like yeah. it's a good hands yeah they they did release well, that they also talked about diablo 4 like a brand new character actually yeah, they uh, they showed mm-hmm. off the road class. Road class is coming to Diablo Four. Um, you know, with with all this Diablo news, like I I'll play the games. I'm not like super mm-hmm. into them like that. So um, I don't know. I guess like you know, seeing this, seeing that you know the stuff is being like actively worked on. Like you know, I feel like we won't see like be able to play it anytime soon. But it's cool to see that it's you know it's somewhat around yeah. the corner. For sure. So. So you know they you know they showed that off. They showed off some stuff from WoW. They're bringing uh, like a uh, the Burning Crusade expansion to World of War uh, Classic. Um, they announced a Blizzard Arcade collection, which is out now on PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. But then you know let's talk about the big thing, or at least I feel like one of the biggest things that they really talked about showed off. Uh, Overwatch yes. Two. Yes, let's talk about Overwatch Two. Yes, they have. They talked 
<laughs> Tell me about it, Rodney. <laughs> Man, um, so first of all, they this was kind of leaked uh, maybe a few days before, but but the leak made it seem like they weren't really going to say anything about this game. Like they were going to just acknowledge that they were working on it, and that's it. But no, they actually released a 37 minute video uh, behind the scenes, basically of Overwatch 2, which sounds like potentially not lame but just not what you want like you want like a deep dive in depth like how does what is overwatch 2 blah 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 blah. but that's what they you got like i actually i watched it on a whim and totally got that Uh, and they talked about a lot of stuff like i I was shocked i was complete i felt misled uh honestly like uh going into it because i was expecting nothing and i got quite a bit so they talked about new maps uh we've got like new york city is the one that they released or the one that they've talked about deliberately um, they, it, it looks phenomenal. I mean, it looks like futuristic New York. I mean, I don't know really what more to say about, about it other than that, but like, it, it looks great, um, in that Overwatch classic style that, that you kind of come to love. Um, the more pertinent things came to me in the form of, um, a, a few items, one of which they talked about, which is that they are keeping consistent with the idea that the multiplayer component of Overwatch is going to be the same. So like if you own Overwatch one, you could play Overwatch two, like for free. Um, it's it's the same game, but they will be doing like presumably like some big patch. They didn't say this, but this is me speculating that they'll do like some big patch to kind of upgrade because the game does look better. Like it, it's not just like Overwatch Two isn't just Overwatch One with like you know different skins or something. Like it really is a different. It looks like they're using a different engine or at least something that it looks upgraded. It doesn't have like the same. Um, cartoony sort of 2015-2016 look. Like, it looks upgraded um, in a lot of ways. So, I'm very excited about that. Um, they did release some of the... Oh, yeah. Wait, so, is it... Do you think it's going to be, like, a different skew? Or is it just going to be, hey, like, Overwatch 2, like, the I, like the game name and everything, the game name, the icon and everything is just going to just change to Overwatch 3. Like, I wonder... If, I wonder if they're going to make a new download. It's like, hey, like having this will automatically like give you. Oh the yeah, for that's uh, a good point. I, I don't know. I hadn't really considered that. Uh, they certainly could create a new SKU. I, I imagine because of this, the the fidelity of the game, it looks it looks like a different thing. I totally could see them doing a different SKU. Um, I do fully expect Overwatch One to no longer be on the shelves. Like once this gets close to release, like they're only going to release an Overwatch Two because they, one would be redundant at that point. One is really only the multiplayer stuff. So um, I, I don't think it will be. I think it'll be a Team Fortress situation where like you only see you know Team Fortress Two, um, never one really. Um, I do also think a big point of the presentation was not just like the character like skin reveal. So like most people got like minor upgrades. Like McCree got a full beard and mustache. Um, Is that what the difference was? That's mostly the difference. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're, they're showing these new outfits, so I'm like, yo, <laughs> yeah, what's the difference? They're like, yo, like here's this new here's this new outfit. Yeah. I'm like, wait a like, minute. I don't see it. Yeah, I like see a Soldier has a, a beard now. Um, like that's kind of like the differences are subtle. I will say that they probably would 
play a little bit better if we saw them like in action in the game more because again the game does look genuinely look a little bit better than it did so um i think they may pop a little bit more and also some of the the costuming is very similar in terms of color scheme and even like concept but they do look a bit more cybernetic in a way like it looks like okay this is some actual future shit like some people look like they just threw on like some slacks like soldier and lucio they kind of look like they just threw on some shit but like they now they look like they're actually in whatever futuristic year this is with like with flying cars and shit so that's cool um but they do they did visions that's probably the biggest thing that i did not expect them to even like go into at all so each class gets a revision at this point they have three overwatch one started with four now they have three it's dps tank and support so with dps uh, all dps get a movement speed buff all support heroes get a um they get an ability to auto heal basically like it works like mercy's passive so she constantly gains health um it enables them to stay in the fight tanks on the other hand tanks get the most interesting change which is like they get huge like not movement buffs but like power buffs so um they, it helps them stay in the fight like a lot more a lot better because a lot of the issue with pe playing a tank is that they're basically a glorified dps a lot of times um especially if you're in a group that does not know how to play overwatch and they just kind of play tank is like i'm just gonna go kill people rather than like making space between you and the enemy things like that <laughs> chris you're laughing <laughs> it sounds like you can relate <laughs> I'm, just having, I'm just having flashbacks right yeah now. Oh, so um it, but it seems like with tanks they're looking at changing everybody's kit specifically so everybody with the DPS and the support, they're getting like these sort of uh, global passives that allow them to do these things. But tanks, it looks like they're going in and actually changing things. So the one example they gave was Reinhardt. So Reinhardt is getting a big change where um, he could halt his charge. Before you could just charge and like hopefully you don't go off a fucking edge. But now you can actually like cancel it. And so hit oh. someone and then cancel it immediately. Yeah. Um, what did you say, Chris? Yeah. I was saying that's huge because like you like you don't like you now have like insurance mm -hmm. where like if you thought you had like a really good play and you could like charge and knock like you know most of the people right. off the stage. You know, you, you have the ability of like now being able to stop right there at the edge so you could uh save yourself and hopefully yes. still get that play. But before it's like I hope I hope I space this out right because uh, it, you know <laughs> I'm yeah, most that's... likely going off the edge. Yeah. So I was shook, like, at these Reinhardt shakes. Oh, and he has two fire strikes now that he can do in a row. Um, AS. Yes. It should make it three. And make it maybe three. they will. Like, go up. honestly, Blizzard has fucked around with Overwatch so much at this point, they could definitely do that, um, especially depending on how much damage he, he puts out. And, and he also has greater control over his charge, so you can, like, make sharper turns. And they actually had a, an example of a Reinhardt, like, doing kind of curves on a street, almost like drifting, like a car would. Okay. Um this sounds awesome now. Yeah, Reinhardt, like, I, I was I was shook. Like, someone who played a lot of Reinhardt, like, that was insane. I couldn't believe what they were saying. It almost would feel like a different character in a lot of ways. Um, so, I, you know, and that's the thing, too, is a lot of people I, I did see say, well, that doesn't sound like a lot. Trust me, that's a lot. Like, everything they, yeah, everything they announced for him is crazy. I Those changes, like, I, I've always wanted, like, for a while, like, you know, I know we got Brigitte, but, like, I've wanted, like, a... 
another like shield character yeah. in this game. And I was hoping that like with you know if they ever introduce another shield character that they would sort of act like re- like act like this, have a charge, but be able to like cancel right. maneuverable so, thing. Them giving it the Reinhardt. Yeah, like, yes. really up this game. So. That and uh, I want to like you know take over all the time with Overwatch Two stuff. So I, I want to kind of consolidate it to a few more things. But um, they did talk a bit more about like modes. So they said that Two CP is gone, which is fucking great. Hallelujah. So Roddy, yes. Let's pretend I don't know what that means. Oh sure, yes. Two CP is two capture point. So if you're familiar with Overwatch, that would be like the Hanamura map, uh, Horizon Lunar Colony. Basically, like you you have an attack and a defense team, and you have like three or four minutes to capture the point, the first point, mm-hmm. and then after you capture that, you capture point B. Essentially, that mode was extremely hated because you could play that game for like 15, 20, maybe even twenty five minutes and end in a draw very often. Yeah. Um, and that was awful. It, it really sucks. It feels bad. It feels like everybody kind of wasted their time. Um, they had to constantly play around with like um, the defense and attack spawn times because it could never get it right. Sometimes you have the defense spawn too early. You have this attack spawn too late, and it feels like they never get a chance to attack. Um, so it's just kind of shitty all around. And really the most hated maps in the game are the two CP ones, speaking specifically of Horizon Lunar Colony and Paris, two two maps that they've actually taken out of the comp rotation at this time so uh entirely so that's just that kind of tells you that it's it's rough um and they they keep saying that they were making edits they're not making edits they're just making overwatch 2 at this point i feel like they should just say that um but yeah so they talked a lot about that uh hero missions they said that you could play hundreds and hundreds of cooperative hero missions like eventually i don't think they'll have that many at launch but these are the pve missions that you could play up to with uh, i think three or four people um where you select certain heroes i think only a limited pool is available and you have like certain story scenarios so very similar to the event that they the events that they do once a year uh the event archive missions where like there's this particular story beat that you can kind of go and replay this has uh, a lot of variations on that idea um and there's like different weather effects rain sandstorms they brought up the example of like a sandstorm if you have like a sandstorm on a particular level maybe you want to pick hanzo or or Widowmaker because their abilities are actually more useful since they can see through something like a sandstorm uh, rather than like other characters. They have abilities that help them do that. Um, so they're really trying to to change up like who you mess with like in the game and kind of make it so like everybody is viable, everybody's fun. So that sounds pretty cool too. Um, yeah. See, and and I liked those missions because like for someone like for me. If a game has the choice between like PvP or PvE, I lean more yeah. towards the PvE mm-hmm. side of things. So like I I like just foresee myself playing more Overwatch. Because yeah, they have that's the what they said. Play. I they they literally said that too. They were like, "There's a lot of people who like don't want to engage with our PvP element, so we want to kind of capture all of those folks and say like, okay." everybody can play you know overwatch no matter what mode you like maybe you don't want to be super competitive or whatever like you don't have to do any of that stuff you could just play the pve modes and live off of that um and speaking of which they do have the skill trees as well which the skill trees you can level up each individual character on the pve side of things and change completely change um like what they do so every character has three skill trees that like dramatically change the their gameplay so for example they, the example they gave was like uh, soldier 76 his healing field has the ability to like move with him 
on one of his skill trees. Um, he has another skill tree that lets his healing ability send out shockwaves that repulses enemies. So that type of thing makes the, the game, you know, just interesting in a lot of different ways. You, could, you truly can play different characters in different ways. So instead of like 30-something characters... I yeah, for sure. It makes them feel interesting. So, yeah. Like, I think the last game that I could think yeah. of that had something like that would be, I think it was it was, was a Smash 4 where, like, you could equip mm -hmm. different, uh, like, um, oh, yeah. like, special moves. And I th yeah, but I think they were like on like your amiibos or something. So I think that's how they balanced it. I don't know it was something. It was something different where you could equip different moves, and I thought that was pretty clever. And like it sort of changed the depth of yeah, the game for sure. And I think the same thing it will happen here. To be honest, so I'm I'm pretty excited. Mm -hmm. That's that's that kind of covers it for what they talked about. But I, I was very. Uh, surprised and pleased with everything that they said. So, um, Overwatch being Overwatch One being my, probably my most played game of the, the past generation. Uh, one of my favorite multiplayer games probably ever. Uh, you know, it's something I I still play. I play it to this day. So, um, like regularly. Um, so I'm I'm pretty happy with what I'm seeing so far, and I, I can't wait till it releases. I'm good. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I feel like they, the Overwatch community, like they, like I, I feel like they've always done a good job of like trying, yeah. trying, quote unquote, to make things fun and like keep the gameplay like entertaining. So I give it to them. Like their their live team, you know, I gotta give them yeah, props for sure. For that. Yep. So um, we have a couple of things uh, to run through before we jump into our main topic of the evening. Um, just overall, just Video game movies, they're still happening. Um, movies and TV shows. So uh, for on the movie side, we just uh, got a Mortal Kombat movie trailer to drop. And um, do, you, do you guys want to do a, uh, a live reaction? I'm excited for this. I want to see this. Or hear this, I should say. Okay. Um, let, me, let me see if I can get this going. Me and you have seen the trailer. Uh, Yes. Our resident film expert yes. has not. <laughs> so we have to write this wrong. Oh, I mean, you don't have to. I feel the people deserve it, Roddy. All right. Um, and we need, we need the full analysis. Okay. So I'm not sure if you're going to be able to get the audio over, but I'm. All right. Is this Sub-Zero? Okay. What the hell? All right. So someone shot a gun. Some oh, you just punched the What the is that Jax? Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alright. This is actually kind of more entertaining that I can't hear it because <laughs> I just get to see it. So at this point, did someone say at some point in this trailer, I think we need to enter a mortal combat? Did someone say something like that? No, they, they kind of know what it is already. Right. Oh, okay. So is that Sonia? I assume she has a ponytail. She's mm -hmm. a blonde girl, so yes. All right. Yeah, are they, I don't know who this is. Is this Raiden? Can't we'll be Raiden. in a second. Oh, okay. Oh, it's a little bit choppy for me, but maybe it's for the best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all right. This, looks like, this actually looks like it has a big budget. 
Like they spent money on this. Mm-hmm. You know what I appreciate about how they like they dropped this is that we don't have to wait too long. Well, for it's it. April, isn't it? Yeah, we just gotta wait. You know, a couple months, and of course, this is part of uh, HBO's. Um, HBO Max is like you know day in yeah. with the theater, so like for thirty days, when a movie drops, you'll be able to watch it on HBO. Oh, Max. they put so, Goro in it, right? You know, I was surprised to see him too, and he looks good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the The movie yeah, the, the, the movie doesn't look yeah. like bad, and by look bad, I mean like it doesn't visually. It looks like there a lot again. A lot of money was put into it, so it looks like a what a modern film should should look like, like a some Hollywood thing. Okay. That's that's where my hope lies with like this new age of um, video game sure. like TV shows and movies is that you know the movies now of course are getting uh, you know more of a budget and then like just sort of look at what they did with Sonic mm. like they went as far as like hired a team to um, like redesign Sonic and pretty much they re-rendered right. the movie that way. So it paid off. It, it 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 just shows that they are throwing yeah they they're throwing more money at uh at these projects and it looks like they're they're trying to get like a team of people that actually care about about like, yeah. the sources. Yeah, I, I that looked like a Mortal Kombat film. I do think that if they I I do think that if they channel that original Mortal Kombat feel like that can't be sort of like we know it it's like B movie type thing like it's we know it's bad but we're gonna play with the fact that it's bad I think that that would be cool like that'd be great because there's like you know there's only so much I kind of have a beef with people who would be like oh dude the the Mortal Kombat dialogue is so bad like no shit it's like Mortal Kombat you're not coming to Mortal Kombat to like hear people wax philosophical uh, philosophical about like whatever the hell you're here to watch people like punch each other in the face a billion times or whatever they do in Mortal Kombat, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and they had like a quick cut of like all the fatalities. I would assume are in the film, like at the very end of that trailer. So, like, if that's in there, then all right, cool. Like, sure, it's on HBO Max for free. Yeah, I'll drink a beer, drink a few beers, and watch that. Yeah, okay. Watch party, <laughs> Mortal Kombat watch party. I I would do that. Yeah, I would do that. Yes, I would do that. Yeah, sure. Let's do yeah. it. It's gonna be fun. Sounds good. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting to see that. And then, I, like, I wonder what course, you guys um, think. Like, you guys play like a lot of Mortal Kombat. Like, I'm curious what you thought. Oh, stop! Yeah, we didn't even talk about it. Um, I, I pretty much everything that you said, I echo. Um, it just looks like a fun time. It looks like they put in enough detail where, like, it, it shows mm-hmm. that they cared. It, it shows like there's like there's people that made this actually like cared. And like sort of grew mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. with the franchise, mm-hmm. so you know. I think is. that what I'm worried about, Roddy, is that they don't go that route of embracing the camp, and they try to play this straight. Mm. Like at the last few Mortal Kombat story modes, I think mm-hmm. they nail what a Mortal Kombat movie should be like. Okay. Okay. So I would be curious to see how this goes into live action. I don't think they're going to go the same route. No, you think they like they'll take it super serious. So, well, maybe not super serious, but a, lot, a mm-hmm. bit more serious. Like he's the child of prophecy. But that, that brings up, but that brings up a good point. Why can't they? Why can't they translate what the game writers do from in the game and just translate that on on screen? Like, where's the disconnect? Because like a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of like for me, 
I'll buy a Mortal Kombat game just yeah. to go through the story. And like that's that's where I get my value. Yeah, they have the out of best my purchase story modes game. in fighting games, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, 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 Oh, go so ahead. Chris. Like, why, no, I'm just saying, like I was just, just reiterating, like where where's that disconnect? Why can't we get that's the same storytelling that we get through mm-hmm. these really cinematic games. Like, why can't we get that yeah. on screen? I, I I don't know. Like, it seems like the Mortal Kombat stories have been so successful because, like, they 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 know it's silly, but like that's part of that's the charm, though. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what you want to kind of go for. So, uh, yeah, James, I think you make a good point. You know, I guess we'll see. Like, I'm, if, I'm if they if they go the route of the game and embrace even the um. The crossover ability. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if just like the Terminator shows mm-hmm. up at the end of this one, and then like Predators there? <laughs> that would be nuts. That would be nuts. Wait, does that mean? Does that mean? Does that mean we'll get DLC for a movie? Hmm. An extended cut. Maybe like a choose your own adventure kind of situation. I mean, because all those franchises are on HBO, wouldn't they be? Or aren't they? Oh yeah, that's a good one. This could be, ooh, this could yeah. be fun. MK verse. <laughs> oh God! All right, so <laughs> let's jump. Um, let's, let's talk about the Last of Us. Um, they cast Joel and Ellie. Uh, we're getting Pedro Pascal, you know, the Mandalorian, and uh, Bella Ramsey. Uh, they they they're pretty much Joel and Ellie. What do you guys feel? How do you, how do you guys feel about that casting? I'm gonna be honest. I'm not excited for this at all. <laughs> like the like the casting, or just the whole pr- idea, <laughs> the of whole the, project. I don't need project. it. You know what, James? I thought of, I was thinking about this for some reason, like maybe a day or two ago. Swear to God, and mm-hmm. and I I kind of feel you. Like I like I'm interested. I'm interested off of like the casting. So I do. I, I would start off by an- immediately answering your question, Chris. Like. I do think that's good casting. Ellie initially, I was like, "Ooh, really?" But like, also, she was pretty cool in Game of Thrones. I think she could pull off like an Ellie that pretty well. So I'm cool with that. And Pedro Pascal, I'll watch that dude in virtually anything. So um, I think he'll do this very well. And if you've also, I was I was gonna say, who's this man's age? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely, (laughs) yeah, he's not a Gina Carano. We'll just say it like that. Uh, And. Uh, so he, you know, if you've seen Kingsman two, he kind of does like a more extreme version of, of that. Like he has, he puts on like an accent, like kind of a, a kind of Midwestern Southern accent, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think he can play that role really well. But to James's point though, like when I was thinking of this, I was like, okay, pedigree, good casting. Awesome showrunner, uh, Craig Metzen, I think his name is, he did like general, uh, and, and other stuff like that, which is pretty good. But, but naughty dog, particularly their games already kind of pride themselves on being films. And I do feel like it's a little bit redundant mm-hmm. to sort of make these movies. Just like, I, I feel the same way about the uncharted movie. Like, I think that has the capability of being just fine, but like, there's nothing intrinsic about that franchise. That makes me think like it should have been a movie kind of like the last of us. Like, I think the last of us plays really well because it is a game. It plays in that game space and has all the facets of a film, but it's, it's not though. It's not a film. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait. So, so my, my, you know, counterpoint to that is couldn't you say the same thing about comic book movies? No. Uh, I don't, I don't follow you. 
as in like comic books have like their own space for like their storytelling why tell that story again in live action because comic books don't have elements that directly correlate with films so like with with naughty i think i get what you're saying now so with with naughty dog like naughty dog is famous or you know not just for the gameplay i think you were you would be you would find a large contingent of people who play naughty dog games not because they like the gameplay but because they enjoy the stories or they enjoy like it's like a movie. My girlfriend watched it. My boyfriend watched it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that my mom and dad, like, I see, I've heard so many stories of, like, people who typically don't, like, quote-unquote, watch games, watch that. Like, like my own partner, like, play, like, Last of Us 1 and 2. She doesn't really, like, watch games like that, really. Um, she doesn't really watch me play a lot of games. But she sat and watched me play that because, quote, it was like a movie. Um, comic books don't really have that same thing. They're, they're, they're solitary, uh, visual experiences, like on a page, static images on a page and games emulate movies so much that it's particularly these naughty dog games. that I think that there is a direct correlation. Does that make a little bit more sense? Kind of where I'm coming from on that. Um, yeah, that makes, okay. That, yeah. That makes sense. Um, I say all that to, to still say, like, I'm interested in this show, but, but I get where James is coming from, though. Like, when he says, like, I'm not interested, I, I get that for sure. I think there's so much of a trend of just introducing people to, like, a culture of, like, a, like a, of a product, or that product, yeah. or, like, of a franchise or IP, and just, like, causing some sort of, like, discussion around it so and like and i don't know if this is more or less because of me like i've, I've been using twitter like a lot more mm-hmm. over the last couple months um but like just sort of just seeing like the crossover of just like different uh just different cultures of people just different like uh people that like different things just sort of peering into like a window sometimes of like certain fandoms it's just i don't know yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting fair. so to to, to sort of like get the crossover of like movies and video games and like getting the story of a last of us where like there's some people that like even to this day like you can mm-hmm. tell them that it's a really good story you can't get them to sit down for 20 hours just to get the story so for them to and it, it's going to be hard condense a story to like a certain amount of hours so like for example like i feel like these the tv shows may have a better chance of sort of emulating that story because you have, you know, the longer forms. But, like, the movies, I think, are, are a little... It's, it's going to be a little bit harder to do for movies because there's only so much you, you could do in the two hours. So, yeah. I think the question that I run up with this now is, like, are we getting a retelling of the PlayStation games? Are we getting, like, the section between one and two? Um, Like, what what is the... Mm. What's the hook here? Because, like, I think about the Fallout series, and I said, that could be cool. Like, different parts of post-nuclear wherever. And that could be individual stories. Mm. But, like, with this, what are we going to do? I don't know if we know yet, right? That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, they haven't really given too much on the plot. We just know Mm. who's being casted right now. So, you know, of course, they're using Joel and Ellie. So is I guess the question is, are we, like you said, are we getting this retelling or are they just going to, like, 
fill in the gaps yeah, between I, I one think and a two. retelling of the first game would work really well in a TV format hmm. since each of those chapters felt like different episodes. Yeah. I, I would have to think my, my, my guess, my speculation is that it is at least the first season, maybe two is, is a retelling of that first game. I don't think they jump into two in season two. Like, I don't think they'll get there that quickly. Gotcha. Um, they probably they shouldn't. I agreed. I don't think they should either. Um, I think they should, they'll probably take their time with it. And whenever they get to that point, maybe in a season three or four, then they get there. But, but I do think the, at least the beginning of the season one could do it. And I suppose you could do something interesting with time too. So maybe you start the first few episodes um, with like, you know, Joel and Ellie as like in that Last of Us one timeline, but perhaps maybe do flashbacks to kind of like what Last of Us two did with, mm. with that stuff. Um, they could structure it that way. That might be interesting if if they're looking to do something you know less linear. Uh, but I I just hope they don't stretch it out too long, and I hope we don't get a Walking Dead situation okay. where like eventually they sort of like branch off and start doing their own thing and yeah. sort of just loses impact. Like I hope. I, I want them to sort of take the the I guess like the Netflix or the Disney Plus route of like I don't know just having a long like form show a, a set yeah like just yeah just a long form show but like have it set where you know this will end in like a season or two mm. like it doesn't have to be like a five season or a seven season thing like I feel like we're getting a lot of shows now that like I think like like max will probably get like five seasons i feel like two seasons would be good for the first game and, and even if they yeah they get that hook because you know everyone knows what happens to joel if you played the games they got to build that moment mm-hmm. up so it hits the right way that could be yeah. huge i um i i think hbo is probably the one of the it they're probably the best cable provider at the moment, like in terms of uh, content creation. And I, they're generally very careful and good with their franchises. They don't let stuff go, go too, too long. Um, generally with the exception of like maybe one or two series. So I think it's in good hands over there, if anything. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see just, you know, where it goes. And of course we'll be here to talk about it Mm -hmm. once we get more information. Um, Last story. Uh, we're gonna have to uh, hope you have your bottle with you. Oh, I didn't bring my... Okay. Cue the sad music. Pouring one out. Pouring one out for Anthem uh, because we. <laughs> no, it's no, it's the sad. The sad bit of this news that part is that like around the time that the news went out that the game was being shut down, was like literally maybe like moments before the actual team got the notification. So, like, as soon as they told the team, the news was out there. That's the same time. Like, they they really wanted to get, like, get ahead of the story being out. So, yeah, they uh, essentially, I guess they're cutting their losses. Um, You know, they they said that, you know, they they had a team working on this stuff, but just, they, it it makes sense. They're... Pretty much taking that team and moving them on to other projects. Dragon Age Four specifically, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm you know like you know surprised or anything like that, but I I will say that I was hoping for this game to you know receive like it's it's No Man's Sky moment where like they re-release the game and like it's actually you know worth a damn at that point. 
I just hope that everything that they did doesn't go to waste. Cause I real I for Anthem's flaws, I really enjoyed its movement. And I, I think yeah, it was different, but it I think different. it was done well enough that 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 could be used in another franchise even, you know? Like roll that into Mass Effect per se. Just like upgrades on your suit. And I bet you that's sort of like I I would not be surprised if we see that in, in like the next mm-hmm. like you know Mass Effect game. So that's probably that's my you know yeah. hey you might be on. Then they can take all that extra so, money they save from development costs and uh, pay Henry Cavill. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently he's working on some type of Mass Effect project, which is pretty cool. Um, I believe it. Was, he's, a, he's a gigantic geek. I definitely believe it. Yeah, there was a posty. A couple hours ago, at the time of this recording, he was uh, getting ready for some uh, Geralt stuff, getting his wig put on, and he had a blurred image that he was reading in front of him. Turns out it's coming straight from the Mass Effect 3 wiki. So it directly references things like the Reapers and Tally and all this other stuff. So there's a Mass Effect project out there somewhere, we're guessing, or he's just a really big lore nerd. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I believe either of those options, honestly. <laughs> I'm excited. Who do you think he'd play? <laughs> hmm. I mean, obviously he's playing. Shepard. I was going to say Garrus. Put some makeup on that dude. Put him in an alien. I was thinking Garrus too. I think Garrus <laughs> would be cool. Yeah, Garrus is the fucking shit. Yeah, do that. But most likely he will be playing uh, yeah. a Shepard character, if not just Shepard, straight up. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. But what if the shepherd you follow in in the Mass Effect series or whatever is the the renegade femship? <laughs> That's what I was about to say. I was hoping. I was hoping that renegade femship would be canon. Yeah, yeah. In my head. I is. I played through that series once, and I played it through a pair. I played it boring as fuck. Paragon <laughs> male Shep, but the, I really wanted to play renegade femship though, because she had like the best voice acting. Like if you just tore shit up, it was great, fantastic. It's funny. Um, I, I I specifically remember uh, heading over to a friend's house, mm-hmm. watching him play Mass Effect Two. And I was, uh, I don't know, I sort of clowned him on, like, how he was playing. He was playing, like, default Shepard uh, as, like, a, as a soldier. I was like, my dude, like. <laughs> that was generic Shepard. <laughs> you, you know, you know I, yeah, I was like, yo, there's no seasoning on this. Like, what are you doing? Like, I, I, I was like, yo, you are, you are playing this game wrong. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like. You're you're really playing it like super vanilla, super basic, and pretty much like loaded up my save file as you know me playing as like a, 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 mm-hmm. like a, a wasn't it a debt, and um, I don't know, just using like abilities and combining that. Um. Uh oh. Good old internet. We may be having internet difficulties. It's, it's completely the game is completely. Um, uh oh. Nope, now you're good. <laughs> you're, you're back. <laughs> really glad we had video for that right, moment, cool. James. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. But, um, you were basically saying? explaining so, how you showed him what a depth looks like. Yep. And then you cut out. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, well, after I showed him that, he was like, "Yo, goddamn, I really was playing this yeah. game wrong." Yeah. Um, multiplayer actually showed me that. It gave me more freedom to experiment with the uh, the combat types, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, jeez." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because I think I played. Yes. I played like a mixture of like biotic and soldier initially, and then okay. I think I tried infiltrator. So mostly just like tech stuff, and I didn't really dive mm-hmm. into biotics like that too heavily. But man, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that game's fun. Yeah, so and we'll we'll see we'll see where where this goes, and you know, the amount of money that's gonna be pumped into this, like I I I hope that it's gonna be good. So that's what we have for the news for this week. Uh, with this week, our topic um, it's February, guys, and you know I we couldn't go through another February and not talk about you know Black History Month. And just sort of what that means to us, as I guess, just you know, you know, we're, we're all African American men, and uh, we we also we we talk about video games. So like, even at that, like, we're also like a minority in this space mm-hmm. as well. So just sort of like you know, talking about like the representation that we've seen in just this uh, in the video game industry, um, but then also like. Like living in this age right now, I feel like it's really powerful. Like you're seeing more uh, representation, and like there, it's more of an effort. Like this, this, you know, we we've seen like efforts of them like trying to like you know push more minorities into things into the limelight, but like it, it sort of seems like there's more put behind it now. Like there's mm-hmm. more of like a, a microphone on it. So. Um, yeah, let's let's sort of just crack this open, uh, James. Like, just overall, just Black History Month. What, what is that? What 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 when you think about Black History Month? Like, what do you think of? What is what goes mm-hmm. through your mind? Um, that's a good question, man. I guess when I think of Black History Month, it's a time that's just kind of filled with learning. Because even though I may have heard a lot of these stories before, it's something about the refresher, you know, of um just different people that have come before me and have had to, and have made some amazing strides in not just video games, but in everyday life. Um, from the medical field to um, the, how way food's handled or the hair care industry or even video games. Like the reason we have home consoles is because, yes. um, what's his name? Jerry, Jerry Lawson. Lawson, thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's primarily credited with like creating the first home-based console. Mm-hmm. So, it, video games is something that I love, and to know that the reason I even can enjoy it the way that I do is because of someone like me—that's huge. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that's talked about often, if at all, except for in this time. So, I, I'm I'm glad that Black History Month exists. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we shouldn't need it. I feel like it should be more of just a 365 history's history type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I am grateful for the uh, the spotlight that February that that is afforded to us in February. So, yeah, that's black. History. I, I I always say you know, Black history is like American mm-hmm. history, and you know, Black history is still going. It's is now. Black yeah. history is now as well. So. We're still making strides uh, to this day, uh, sort of like breaking down barriers in different fields, 
uh, and just I don't know, just pretty much opening up our world. Like it's still happening, and we we still have like long long ways to go. But uh, Rod, what about you? Uh, well, James, I think said it beautifully. Um, I don't even know if I could say it any better. Like I think it, Black History Month is really a time for learning. Um, that's that's my main takeaway. Um, I do. I would add to that that um, uh, personally, it is a time to educate myself on a lot of different things because I didn't know about Jerry Lawson until last year, um, 2020, actually. Um, and I've gone my entire adult life up to this point without knowing who that man was and happened to watch the video game documentary on Netflix. That actually gave him a bit of a spotlight, too, and showed how wrong he was done uh, by the industry. Um, and unfortunately, he had to kind of, you know, pass away without being offered that recognition. Um, I, I do think moments like that, isolated moments, um, is very important. And just like James said, I definitely don't like want to just have that moment be focused solely on on games. Like it, it is really, like he said, it's 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 really we permeate everything. Like we are American history. Uh, there is, you know, so much that we have been a part of and continue to do that I feel particularly proud of. Um, and I feel like the older I get, the more appreciative I am of things like that. Um, Chris, you mentioned, uh, you know, you were talking about that. This is a space that doesn't have like, you know, we're minorities, you know, in life in uh, this particular space. I had a conversation with somebody today actually before i knew that you know you were that we were doing like this particular topic so this is really apt where this person was saying like basically questioning diversity like questioning why it's necessary um constantly feeling on the defensive is something that's just a part of everyday black life like you know constantly feeling like you have to justify yourself um to other people who aren't like you is really fucking crushing. Like that's, that's something that um, certain people don't have to go through. And a lot of others do. I try to use really just, again, like James said, 365, I try to do this pretty much outside of February as well, but definitely this is a fantastic time for if you are, you know, not black uh, and you are interested in learning a little bit about like, you know, black history, just in general, definitely highly encourage you to do so. There's so many ways that you can um, be a good ally in that way. Um, I think just knowing sounds so simple and so rudimentary, but it's a step. It's a big step um, for sure. You know, if you don't know your past, you know, you're doomed to repeat it, something like that. Um, I think that that is, that is pretty apt here. Um, and I, the, the privilege that I have to do this show with you guys is definitely not lost on me. Um, every week we tune in as three black men um, choosing to do something in a space that doesn't always, historically has not always welcomed us, is, is I think, something quite, quite beautiful. Like, I think that that's a really good thing. Um, and I, I hope that anyone who listens kind of gets that too. Yeah. yeah. 
So let me, let me ask you first, what's uh, what's your earliest memory of uh, just seeing just black characters in video games? Like we all have, I feel like we've all had that moment where it's like, damn, like I like like I feel like this character is like done right, or maybe this like I feel like you know I see myself in this character. Like when what was your what was your earliest memory of um myself in a character? Uh, oh boy, uh, I don't even know like about myself. I do remember seeing. A black character for the first time like in a game like that you actually control who wasn't like it was actually like really cool was um in jet set radio the first one on dreamcast back in 99 or 2000 uh you played as combo and garum um they had combo actually had his own level uh him and he and cube actually had their own new york level that was exclusive to the u.s i believe and um or something like that, but it was uh, Garum was also a part of like the main crew of the the Jet Set Radio, the GGS, and I just remember seeing them, and they were in this really cool, like exceptionally well well done game, and just thinking like, wow, like this game speaks to me on so many different levels, like the art, the music, which was like a weird mix of like hip hop, but like electronic, and like all my interest it's like someone went into my head and like said yo we're making a game based on everything that you like and we're even going to put in people who look like you and i was just like oh my god like i couldn't i couldn't believe it like at that at that time that that really struck a chord with me and that was when i was very young i was like nine or ten years old playing that game maybe um i, I was not old at all i mean i might not have been 10 but yeah jet set radio was the first time i saw black characters in a game and thought damn like it's possible it's actually possible uh that's I, you know, it's funny I, I i when i was writing this question i was like i'm pretty sure Rob's gonna <laughs> <laughs> you you know me man you know me but that was that was like such an early game that 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 does actually make sense mm -hmm. well james um, what about you man well i guess i want to think about my first time i even like realized like the first time I ever saw like a black character in a video game, and mm -hmm. I'm Roddy. I'm you're gonna hate this for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm apologizing in advance. <laughs> but as much shit as you give Barrett, <laughs> as much shit as you give Barrett, he was the first time. Yeah. That I was like, and I had never played Final Fantasy VII. That was just part of the impact of that game for me. I'd never played the game. But I knew for a fact that there was a black guy in that game with a machine gun arm, and he was the leader of some type of resistance, and it sounded mm -hmm. dope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was huge for me. But as far as like a character that like I was like, yo, this guy is on point. CJ from San Andreas. Mm -hmm. um, that was just like a, a really good time yeah. for me. That was like. Well, I guess like preteen years, I remember hanging out with my cousins on the weekends over in South Carolina, and they had Grand Theft Auto, and we played the hell out of that game. So just going through that story, repeating those missions over and over again because we kept dying. Like, I spent a lot of time with CJ and, and just immersed in that world. And it was just so cool to see a side of life that I did not really have any type of experience mm -hmm. with, you mm -hmm. know? Because, um, I mean, I grew up in the suburbs. Um, I lived on the East Coast. The game took place in the West Coast. It took place in in like just the streets of San Andreas. Mm -hmm. And to have a character who I didn't identify with on like a like an experience level, mm 
mm-hmm. I still found a way to connect to. Mm-hmm. And I still mm-hmm. felt a part of like his story. And so that was that was really cool for me. I think CJ is one of my favorites, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that being a big deal. Like the fact when they Rockstar revealed like who you were playing in that game and it was a black mm-hmm. character. I remember that being a giant news story just on its own. But I, I also remember in former articles uh, so many times. <laughs> yeah. I, I I do also remember that came with a lot of like criticism and a lot of I, I heard just in my personal life, like a lot of people make fun of it or shit on it and say like, oh, I'm not going to buy that because it's got a black dude in it. Like, you know, and all that type of lame shit. But it didn't matter because that game sold fucking gangbusters anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, no, it's funny. I, I guess just like me being, you know, where I was uh, at the, around the time that game came out, like for, <laughs> I'm not going to say else in the hood, but like for a, a lot of like just predominantly black areas, like we're like, hey, yo, this yeah. game gets it. <laughs> <laughs> like between like for me it was between like that but like uh Def Jam the Def yes. Jam games were on point and then just overall just fighting games like I just remember as a kid always like going through a fighting game and being like all right so this is obviously like the main character this is you know the the, the female equivalent to that main character but where's the black character Dudley, where's he at bro. he's gotta be a black character so you know between Dudley, DJ, um, Eddie Gordo, oh, God, Tekken, Eddie. Um, yeah, yes, um, there's, there's a lot of characters that are in like just fighting games that I feel like that also like is another thing that sort of leads into the culture of fighting games. Like it's it's also like a predominantly black slash Asian slash like like that's pretty much what you see in the yeah. scene. Like it's 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 mixed, of course, but like I. There's a lot of brothers playing playing fighting games, and I, I always I always yeah. like seeing that. I always like, especially towards like high level play. I yeah. love it, seeing that. You know, shout, shout out to Sonic <laughs> Black. Yeah, for sure. It, it, Atlanta has a huge black fighting game community, um, or really Georgia at large. Because when I was in, I went to college in uh, at, for the first year or two in Columbus, and the fighting game scene was majority black dudes, and I thought that was very interesting. Um, and I was deep, deep in the scene at some point, like during Street Fighter four days and Atlanta just has it locked down. Like just if they, Atlanta even hosts a final round, which is, which is a huge tournament. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's very cool to see a lot of that. Yeah. So sort of, um, looking out towards the yeah. future, uh, and pertaining like this topic, um, what's something that you guys want to see? Just in the community, just in general, but like just between the black community and gaming, like um, I feel like we're in a point where, like I said, there's more of an emphasis put onto, you know, uh, putting a highlight on minorities just in the industry itself. But I've sort of seen it in both lights as in like, all right, this company, they may actually get it. But then there's also some companies where I'm like, all right, they just copied and pasted this from like 12 other social media accounts online. Like I'm pretty like I'm pretty sure this is just like a generic mm-hmm. PR stunt. So this, you know, there, as of late, there's been some like some virtue signaling um, in the industry. But I don't know. I think that we're moving like we're moving in a forward direction, and I appreciate that. But what about you guys? How do you, uh, Rod? How do you how do you sort of feel about just that topic in general? 
I mean, I feel like it, it's getting better. I think it's going very slowly right now. I don't think I don't know if we've made the strides that I think I would like to see. And, and by that, I mean I would like to see more black creatives um, be given chances for for bigger games. Um, I mean, I'll even take smaller games at this point, but I would like to see that. Um, I would like to see just more and better representation. I, I'm not picking on you, James, for this, but like, you know, the Barrett thing, like I, it, it gets me, like that localization like really bites at me. Like, mm-hmm. and I get that there are some people who know people like that, that's fine. But like, when you have a global audience, I think it really matters. I think the PlayStation version was much worse, or I should say that that original um, PlayStation 1 version was was much, much worse than I think the PlayStation 4 version is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that Barrett is better, but he's still not what I like to see. I would like to see less stereotypes um, for no reason. I actually think that San Andreas is fine because CJ and his crew, like, that's their environment like that's the story that they're trying to tell deliberately so i have no issues with with anything that's happening in that game um but i i do have issues when that kind of stuff crops up in games i have nothing to do with that has no that has no bearing um on on the the story or the world building or anything like that like i like the black dude should just be a regular ass dude death loop i think is a step towards that um, that that game from uh, what? Ar- not Arkham. What's what are they? Arcane. Arcane. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that game looks fucking problem. phenomenal. Primarily because it has a black woman and a black man in the same game, like as the two protagonists. Like what? I can't. I yes, I can't believe it. It's it's insane. Like I mean, really. And that's that's. I was freaking out on that that trailer for that alone. Um, and I shouldn't though. Like you know, I should be able to see that a little bit more often. Um, also, more hairstyles, man. More hairstyles. Oh, I was about to bring that up. That was that was, that was going to be my point. Was um, just just the hairstyles. Like we're they're seeing strides now. We're like now. They're getting better now. So, like, you know, like the Uncharted's Lost Legacies. Um, Miles Morales. There's, this is Miles Morales. Oh, Miles Morales. Yo, they gave my boy a hairline. <laughs> they gave him a they shape did. up. They, they gave did. him a they fade. Did. They did a good job on that. And even in character creator games now, the options are getting better. Yeah. I, I was played on the Guilty Gear beta. When you create your avatar, you could pick big afro, small afro, and, like, buzz cut. And I was like, you motherfucker. Fuckers. <laughs> so. Damn. There's the generic, generic. All they were missing were the uh, dreads. Yeah. Yeah. It's always super fat That's all they were missing. Too. Yes. It's like super five fat. dreads. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's five dreads. It gets me. That gets me. So, yeah. <laughs> those things are what I hope to see from the creatives. More hairstyles, more black creatives in prominent positions in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah. Something, real quick, real quick, real quick. While we're, while we're talking, yeah. well, just real quick. Uh, the the defense that I hear of like, oh, like just the texture is like, is, is hard That's to bullshit. simulate, like it's That's hard bullshit. to do. But at the same time, I've seen some weird ass yeah. shit in games and you're saying that you can't get a black like, textured know. hair. You could, you could, you could make these crazy, mm-hmm. crazy ass characters and Come on, you can't get hair right. Like, it's know. not that difficult. You know, it's okay. <laughs> That's ignorance, uh, I La- That's laziness. Good. I don't know what it is. Probably mostly ignorance because they don't know. Um, sure there's some, um, some, some. See, but then, but that's, uh, but that's. I was gonna say, but that's also on us. Like, I think we, 
we we have to sort of make our own tables. Like I know some people are like, you know, we we want to sit at the table and everything like that. I get that, but like you know, I love that the age that we live in. That because if you really want to learn how to done? do something, the internet the internet is so is so much of a great source that like you really do whatever you put your mind to. Like at this point in this day and age, yeah. you really there, there's a so. No, no, I was just going to say, it just, it just falls to us to sort of put ourselves in these positions. To yeah, make I, our I would add to that. So I agree with you, Chris. I do, I, I do mostly agree with you. The only thing I would say to that is that, you know, we, that it is a system that isn't set up for us to succeed. So for us to sit at the table is much harder to say that to us than it is to, like, virtually anybody else because with like if you're just a white person then yeah you can like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and do i'm sure you're still gonna be work it's gonna be hard but but inherently we're in a society that does not inherently benefit us so like i i think for me in my experience it feels like a little bit of push and pull i hear what you're saying and i think overall you're right like we should make our own stories do our own thing on our own terms um but i do think that being deliberately ousted from certain spaces like the game space is definitely intentional um and it makes it a little tougher than than it should be well you know just just like we said before you know we've made strides in the space and there's you know there's it's definite room there's more room for improvement but you know i feel like we're 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 making strides towards the right thing so yeah yeah. Just gotta keep moving, keep it going. So, uh, you know, I love I love being able to talk about stuff like this on the show uh, with you guys. I love hearing you guys' input, but then also the listeners. Like, you know, on episodes like this, this is episodes like this. We usually get really good uh, feedback, so I can't wait to hear from you guys. Uh, but we're gonna go ahead and roll out the red carpet and get ready to head out, James Rod. What you got for us? Uh, this week, I just want to push more engagement, like you were saying, Chris. Um, let us know uh, how you feel about the episode. How do you? What does Black History Month mean to you? Um, what do you want to see going forward in just out of the game space, out of entertainment in general, when it comes to featuring minorities? Um, of course, Black people, because this is the topic. But you know, if you're not a Black person and you want to see like your culture represented, what do you want to see? gotta put that out there so then people will know and then we can learn and then we can grow and make these strides like chris was saying and um until next time guys you know just take it easy that's all i got yeah i echo virtually everything james said he said it much better than i could have um at this point i would say that if you like what you heard it definitely let us know through various channels we have should i play that at gmail.com uh should i play that is it just should i play that or is it should i play that fan mail at gmail i think yeah should i play that fan mail at gmail.com um check us out on apple music uh you can give us a like rating comment as well let us know what you thought of this episode or any of our previous ones it really helps with the visibility and as always we really appreciate you so with that, guys, you, you know that you know the vibes. Uh, drink more water, wear your mask, stay safe, and stay beastly. We'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace. <laughs>